0: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: So, in this book, we're supposed to be uh, going to a war? There will be swearing. Mm ¶¶ Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany.
2: And I'm Goodwin.
1: And today we're reading chapter one of Battle Magic.
3: So grab a cup of
4: coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
2: And let's set some stones to dancing.
1: All right, so Battle Magic opens in Yangshi. Briar is chilling with the God King of Yangshi.
2: Casually, just that, yeah. as a normal
1: yeah.
2: a normal six-year-old does, That's you know. Terrible. Yeah,
4: uh,
1: it's also worth noting that the God King is like 10. There's a bunch of shaman who are like dancing in front of some mountains And this is also just a sort of normal thing that happens. And they basically, the mountains split and form, and these giant ass stone skeletons walk out. And the shaman just keep dancing and like, lead them away like the Pied Piper. Evie, of course, thinks this is like the coolest thing ever, OMG Rocks. Um, and she's like cool bringing rocks to Briar
4: cool. it, is it, is, really, it is
1: pretty really cool. Fucking cool really cool
2: <laughs> it really yeah. is
1: the the mountains also like close themselves up afterward mm-hmm. which is cool too the god king despite being like 10 is worried because the emperor of Yanjing has been at war with like a lot of people and the <laughs> surprise um and the god king has not heard recently from In- Inksha he's worried that like if Yanjing takes this other country then he's going to come invade Yangxi, even though they don't really have anything worth stealing it even- sounds like
4: if they do steal stuff they'll get cursed
1: by the stuff that they steal <laughs> so, yeah not yeah, good He's also, like, all our shit's cursed anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe there's also a moment where he gets sort of, like, I don't know if possessed is the right word, but, like, taken over by, like, the gods. God, god, yeah.
3: Yeah, um, and the gods have their own little things to say about the situation.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Briar's like, that was weird. And I was like, oh, sorry. I I got possessed, didn't I? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, you did. It was kind of weird. He's like, ah, that happens.
1: Yeah. No big deal. It's just like perfectly normal, though. I really wish they would give me a heads up next time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: People kind of get creeped out when that shit happens. And Briar's just nodding, like, yep.
1: You, you yeah, you know, yeah. Hey. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, to him it's like just a mild inconvenience, even though the pass that people from Inxia would come through, even though like nobody's made it through from there, and that's like a kind of like spring pass that should be open now. There's a person from Yanjing who shows up through Ice Lion Pass, which should still be like frozen over, and he's like hey we hear that Briar and Rosethorn are here and the emperor would like to invite them to come visit and there's a lot of bowing involved and like political talk and uh, Rosethorn and Briar are like okay uh, we need some time to like pack up but uh, we'll yeah we'll go visit the emperor in Yanjing." I wonder what will happen there hmm (laughs) all right part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice this is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter so who who wants to go first
3: can we just talk about that fucking dedication for a minute we need to bring back the 0.75 here for just a second can we talk about that fucking dedication jesus christ well, it also doesn't help that like it's incredibly like relevant to what's going on right now. Yeah. But yeah.
1: um we should we should read the dedication. Just so yes. on. Point. I actually I'm glad you brought it up because I, I meant to talk about it and I spaced. Um a very it. Okay. The dedication to Battle Magic says to the veterans, family and not friends and not past present future because William Tecumseh Sherman was right and war is all hell uh yeah so yeah you know how we started this podcast and we were like everything like everything we read about is happening in real life yeah Yeah, we're kind of back to that
2: it's almost like there's a bunch of global wars happening right now yeah yeah. that's that's crazy yeah it just keeps going Fucking Tamra Pierce, I swear to God. She did but it again! When, but yeah, no, I, like,
3: that is literally, I have notes. Um, I'll take a picture of them and send them into the Discord. But I have just fucking page after page after page of notes. And the first one is, okay, but before we start, can we talk about that fucking dedication? Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is, maps we get more maps.
1: Didn't we have maps in the last books?
3: Yeah. But I'm just happy that we get maps. Excited because there are more I maps. could be excited about maps.
1: Okay, just the way you said it I was worried. I was like, wait, did we not have them before? No. Okay. Yeah, we did.
3: Yeah. We it's did. just
1: maps.
2: Okay. Uh I liked all the the descriptions of all the clothing both uh for the dedicates and uh, Briar's excuse for doing it, which is that Sandry loves it. And it's, it gives a good excuse for us to visualize what everyone's wearing.
1: Yeah. I love that, that she uses these techniques. The, the, I don't know, like she's really good about giving in world reasons that to like give us these in-depth descriptions. So we get this nice, beautiful, like world building, very visual scene Um, But it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just dumping exposition because it's always like, oh, Sandry would kill me if I didn't like take note of the of what everybody's wearing. Or I I think in one book, like Daja is like trying to practice memorizing stuff. Maybe that's a different Tamar Pierce book, but I know there's a Tamar Pierce book where the main character is like, oh, I'm going to to like practice memorizing things the way I would do in like my training or whatever. so. Mm
2: Uh, I liked when the shamans and stuff were, everybody was playing instruments and Briar's like, ah, they're playing them, but I wouldn't call it music. <laughs> Ooh, just rude, a little rude. But it makes you wonder Fucking how bad it Friar, is. man.
4: <laughs> I have missed him so much. We got his name in Will of the Empress and he was a little bit snarky, but he wasn't his usual snarky self. And I feel like the snarkiness is going to come back for a little
1: while before
4: the war. Yeah, like now,
1: now we get to watch the snark slowly fade away. And we
4: get to sl- watch it fade, but hey, we get the snark back for a little while, I'm sure. So
2: From snark to PTSD. Yeah! It'll be
1: yeah. fun. It's like mm. the hunting of the snark, ba mm. um shh. Hmm.
2: Uh, Briar scowling at the river and the dancing shamans and being like, this religion's kind of odd for me.
1: Eh. <laughs> can, I'm sure they say would that it, say that about his religion as well.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, every religion looks weird to everyone else. It's not in the religion. It's just practices <laughs> passed down by family. Yeah. Hmm. Uh I like that Briar was like, Holden Roxon is like, hey, this is limestone. I know it because Evie won't let me forget it because I'm around her twenty four seven, and all she does is rocks.
1: <laughs> I like that she apparently just like brings him rocks on the journey. It's okay. And it's like, here, look what I found, and he's like, oh, look, another rock.
2: Go, go I, ahead, Indy.
3: I was gonna say, like, I have a note, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the other one, which is why it's funny. He's just. He just keeps them, which mm-hmm. is so fucking sweet. I love this. It's and then sweet. you turn, uh, turn around and immediately you have the fossil in the rock. It's so like she also finds rocks that are for Briar, and it's so stinking cute.
4: She reminds cute. me of Malia bringing me leaves. She's like, Mommy, I found this really cool leaf for you. And have one thing, <laughs> one of my little pork board here nice she's like mommy it's really cool I'm like okay it's a leaf but I have it because she she's interested in the leaf so I kept it but I, I know that Phil Briar it's like okay thanks for this rock I'll keep it <laughs> here you go
3: thanks it's, man
4: it's special to you so thank
2: you let me tell you this one this one kind of hit home because uh, my youngest sister would go out and pick up rocks. And, like, any cool rock that she found while on a trip or, like, at school or anywhere, she would just, like, go pick them up and, like, bring them home. She had, like, this, this box full of rocks in her room. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. eventually, you know, like, I think we we're on vacation to Florida or, like... No, where was it it was the salt flats in uh Arizona, I think or Utah? Utah. Uh, yeah, uh yeah, yeah, Utah. Yeah. Um we were driving through so we were in the car and she started like grabbing all these like rocks and like crystals and stuff off the ground and like eventually it like took up kind of her entire like the footwell of the minivan we were in <laughs> it was like we we can't do this you, you need to get rid of some like it's too much rock stop get some help yeah so we had to do a rock culling too same as the same as uh same as evie you can't take all of the rocks just take a couple of the really cool ones that you need to mm-hmm. have, and we gotta throw the rest of them away, because guess what? They're they're fucking rocks. They're cool, <laughs> but they're everywhere. <laughs> my feet, my knees are up to my chin because there are rocks in my seat. I can't... We can't... <laughs> can't do it.
1: In Evie's defense, she probably needs a lot of those rocks.
2: Yes. S- some I of mean- them. Not, not, I mean...
1: Brier goes everywhere with his little tree. Yeah, but it's <laughs> one tree, not. Oh,
2: so, I so I feel it's
3: right. just a
2: little I'm pretty bit sure different. He has
1: several little trees. Yeah, but draw rocks
2: are very heavy. T- trees are also heavy, but they're not as heavy as rocks. And when you're making a horse carry stuff, you know.
1: But it's it's what she does her magic through. Th- there's
2: rocks on the ground. <laughs>
1: I was waiting for somebody to
2: say that. <laughs> uh, wow, I did not like the part that made me feel sad when uh, the God King and Briar are talking about like uh... <sighs> so she like was fighting or is currently fighting a couple of the other neighboring countries and but it looks like uh, the God King's country is potentially in the way. Uh, yeah. It might be next on the chopping block and he, he he just gets like depressed and brighter, like season he's like damn dude this kid's like 11 and having to wonder about uh you know how his country might survive if it gets attacked by this big militaristic expansionist country and it's like bummer
4: yeah
2: yeah okay this one's i i don't want to say it's racist cuz i don't think tamer pierce is racist but it did it did kind of make me think of like myself also making this question like about the height of when people bow and how low you have to go to give a certain amount of respect and like how do you know that it like is it just kind of estimated do you like is there a stick
1: see it's interesting because to me i didn't connect it with race i connected it with like social strata and stuff so to me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, because this is the yanjing thing. It was just like, oh, this is a dude who thinks he's really important. And so he's, like, built his importance around this. Because yeah. I could absolutely see, like, some other country, the same thing going on. Um, yeah.
2: See, and I, I feel like that reflected more on me. Because I mm-hmm. was, like, I probably had that thought as a kid. And I'm like, how do, like, you know, Japanese business people bow at each mm-hmm. other? Mm-hmm. If you're a Japanese businessman, do you... You, obviously you bow lower to a higher person standing like to a boss you'd bow lower oh, like, I how know. do you know you know like how how do you how do you how do you know
1: that is yeah there's there's probably a cultural thing I mean yeah. my guess for that would be is that there's like a cultural element where you just kind of get accustomed to it uh, because this one is so like politically oriented it's you know you bow this many times to the emperor and this many times to the God King and this low to somebody who's just above them. I, I do like the idea. I don't know if it's really what's going on, but I do like the idea of just practicing. Oh yes. For a Duke, you bow to this point <laughs> for a count. You bow to this point.
2: Cause there's a lot of levels. Yeah. It's how do you do the proper, you don't want to bow too low. Cause you're representing the emperor technically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just seems complicated.
1: I really like the fact that Briar and the God King are described as boy men. Boy men, yes. It's just, it's perfect. It's the perfect description. In this
4: book, Briar would be 16, right? And Evie would be 12. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I just, because they're boys, they're, they're like, neither is quite an adult yet, but they're both very much adults. Yeah. Kind of for different reasons, but um yeah, yeah, I just it's such an apt description. Um Goodwin mentioned the music. Uh oh, just this whole scene in general, I like it because it feels so completely 100% different than everything else we have seen so far. It's like she went, "Okay, book 11, time to introduce a whole new type of magic." And it was like whoa so i just i i love how different it is um the emperor's servant we talked about that uh
4: i kind of wish that Pasco was here with them
1: so they could he could see
4: them dancing to get yeah skeletons out of the it's mountain he, he would think that would be the coolest thing ever oh my I,
2: And then god and then Envy...
4: can i get skeletons to come out of the mountain
1: yeah Posco and Evie would be like just chittering about it forever back and forth talking about different parts yeah and I like that you brought that up because I think Lark did mention like yen jingy dancers Mm -hmm.
4: so I feel like uh in the will of the empress Evie ends up going to live there maybe she shows him some of the dances that uh she learned if she remembers it if she isn't trying to suppress all the memories of this place once yeah uh,
1: well i was thinking um, she'd be like yeah they danced and he'd be like oh what was it like she's like i don't know i was watching the rocks yeah that's true don't
3: matter to me
1: dancing who cares about dancing oh you do oh uh uh, rocks I would love to see, like, Evie and Posco get to know each other and, like, build that kind of a relationship that, the, that Briar and the girls have, though, because then you would have those scenes where, like, Evie is somewhere, like, oh, I have to pay attention to the dancing because I know is going to ask me. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I wish I'd marked a page number on this, but um, oh, I marked two things about the Empress, Emperor Servant. One was the guy practicing his vows and the other was just omg uh because yeah he is he is very extra briar is looking at rose thorn at least she not had at least she had not crossed her arms the true signal that trouble was brewing and i just that line made me giggle
3: i love it so much
4: my first like is when they're describing the God King, and uh, they're talking about how he wears his hair. has grown the hair at the crown of his head, and it's long, and he wears it in a braid, and it's strung with rings of precious metals of semi-precious stones, each a symbol of the 11 gods he served. And then he also wears 11 earrings, six in one ear, and five in the other, made of the same material. I thought that was pretty neat. Like. And then he gets possessed. So I wonder which of the 11 gods he got possessed by.
2: Good question.
1: Hmm. Goodwin and I talked about this before y'all hopped on. So I feel like it should be said on air. Um. We were talking about how the God King is like the Avatar. Yes. yes. He's been reincarnated. Like, Evie's like, well, I'm older than you are. And he's like, well, let's see. You would have to be how many hundreds of years old? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is when um Briar is watching everything happen, and Evie is on the other side, and he's thinking to himself, mm, "I think Evie's standing way too close to everything." And as soon as he thinks that, dedicate Doki, he grabs her and pulls her back, and he's like, mm, "Thank you, guy." <laughs> It's just He's perfect timing. It. You're on it. and like, okay, yeah, you're getting too close. Back up. It thought that was funny. Like he didn't even have to get up and it was like already on it. We haven't really spent a lot of time with Doki yet. I mean at the end of the chapter we we saw him interact a little bit with Rosethorn, but just the description of him already. I I feel like I'm gonna like him. Of course I've said that about characters in the beginning of books before and it ended up not liking him. So we'll see because um, uh, the description of him says uh, that Doki had spent uh, years with shamans and other uh, in other lands, and uh, he adjusts to a mage in different ways. So he doesn't just go with learning by books. He adjusts for different mages. So it feels like he's a more hands-on, he has a more hands-on approach to teaching and learning for uh, mages. So it seems that Seems like he's gonna be a good teacher for Evie, hopefully. We'll see. He'll end up being a bad guy, I'm sure. <laughs> he he's gonna be the one that turns him into the Emperor and gets him thrown in prison. We'll see. I don't know. He's gonna be a bad guy since I he's, like him. He's
1: gonna be the Ben of this book. Oh yes. god.
4: Briar sees that Doki grabs Evie by her ears and he's not sure if he's just talking to her or Scolding her, so he's like, I better go intervene before Evie starts doing something crazy because Evie will uh let Doki know how she feels. So he's like, I gotta go stop that. Let let, let me go check on my kid. <laughs> my next like is when Evie is racing back to Briar to be like, Did you see? Did you see? Uh, when she's coming back, she can see that her pockets are full of rocks and it's just oh cute, like of course she has some rocks and look at my rocks and did you see what I did, it was so cool and the God King's like ah, I've seen stuff like that before but he was impressed and he, Briar's like I was I was super impressed, I was watching it was really cool it was so cute, he had to reassure his child that yes in fact he did see what she did and he thought it was really cool, yes Abby I saw it was very cute was one thing I didn't like about uh, Briar with Evie. Um, he says that Briar says that he likes to tease Evie about her nose because uh, he says that uh, it looks like she smacked her face into a door once since she has a flat tip on her nose. And we could see in um, the previous book in I already forgot the name of the fucking book. What was it? We just read it.
3: (laughs) Melting Stones.
4: That's the one. And She talks about how she doesn't like her nose and how her looks are kind of smushy in the face. And she she feels really self-conscious about that. And Briar is teasing her about it. So it made me feel kind of sad. I'm like, Briar, you're not helping things. Stop it. So stop teasing girls about their
1: looks. It's not nice. He's used to teasing Sandry. Mhm. Sandry can handle but, it I was gonna say Sandry
3: gives as good as she gets though
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but they are also peers and Briar and Evie are not
4: no and she she is his student so she, and she seems tough on the outside but she's really sensitive and so makes me really sad for her I'm like Briar stop it you you can, ha- you can joke around like that with your sisters, but not your student. Don't do not do that to your student. Um, my next like was um, he sees that uh, Evie has little scars and scratches on her hands from a couple years of hard work and also because she uh, has cats. Like, oh, the kitty cats. We're going to get to see the kitty cats just to watch them die. It's going to be so sad. So yay for that. Uh, my next like is again with Doki about how he uh, knows how Evie uses the rocks. She, she's like, uh, he says she uh, asks the rocks as if uh, they're partners in her work. I just see them as rocks and she's able to do all this stuff and just by asking them to do things. And Doki is. Seems like he's a good guy, but I don't know for sure, because he's like, oh, Brian's like, he's not hostile about her learning that way, which a lot of other mages do, so, again, Doki's a good guy so far, we'll see. I'm on to you, Doki. I like you, but I'm hesitant.
1: Tamara appears to stop Brittany to never trust anyone ever. Never trust nobody. Damn.
4: Um, my next like is when Briar has to keep Evie hidden in the behind him because while they're in the meeting, the important meeting with all the important people, she's trying, she's laughing because somebody's wearing a silly hat. And he's like, I know the hat is silly, but you gotta stop. Shh. No giggling at hats.
2: But <laughs> gotta- fucking same though.
4: You can't giggle at the funny hats. This is important business right now. Okay? You have to
2: giggle on the inside.
4: Yeah, on the you inside. You shouldn't be
3: wearing a goofy ass hat.
4: Hey, <laughs> it's in fashion. Leave them alone. My next one is when I was, uh wondering if Evie or Rose was a language that's being spoken, and he knows. That Roseborne probably does it because he knows more languages than she does, which I thought was interesting. And then come to find out, it's a language that only the Imperial Court in Yangjing speaks, and if anybody else speaks it, they die. So fun stuff. And Briar's trying to think of it if he has ever heard of any other language where you can get killed if you speak it. So that's that's fun. It's not really anything that I liked. I just thought it was very interesting. Some cool world building. My next one is when the servant is bowing and turns to Rose Thorn and is like, Oh, you get he didn't understand what I said and he's like, Forgive this unworthy servant of a great and glorious master. If this was given, I I offer my life to blot it out. And Rose Thorn's like a bit extreme, don't you think? Oh funny. We got sassy Rosethorn again.
3: So a couple of expansions on other people's likes is uh, I really loved the description of the God King. Doki is a dude I can like if progress meant more noise. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Briar, be nice. (laughs) Which immediately the next note was, aw, I take it back. He's a sweet boy keeping Evie's Brock's. It's really nice to see teachers learning from students as well um it's not a super common theme it's in like younger like in in ya or like younger books so that's nice i really liked the fossil it 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 brought me a lot of joy even though briar was annoyed with it
2: it just vexed him. It looks like a plant, but it's not.
3: Yeah, I think I know what I meant, but it just says world building, so I'm gonna kind of go off here for a second. But like with the gods being born and like the god king being honestly kind of creepy. <laughs> let's 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 be honest. There, he he gets possessed and he gets a little creepy. <laughs> um kind of like the way that country is laid out in a story i just think that's really neat the line here the gods see everything young she has nowhere to hide from the gods of this world in all capital letters yo with seven o's the idea of possession is really fascinating we get devotees in all of the previous books but i think this is the first like actual interaction with one it, and it says here unless you count luvo wait is luvo a god technically <laughs> question mark question mark question mark skeletons are cool as shit hell yeah um Evie hasn't changed with the rude comments.
2: Oh, I, I I did just want to add that I really like the world building of, like, they can make these skeletons, but then they have to, like, guide them for days. Yeah. Dancing the entire way.
3: Yeah. So what has this Inkshya fellow to do with how well you sleep tonight? That's That's how I wrote it down. I don't think that's right. But I really like this phrase because it's kind of like... Yeah, and, like, you losing sleep over this is not gonna help anything? Language. The yangji peop- people with the YA is... Or, YI. Is that a common pluralization of people in countries? Is it exclusive to Yangjing? Like, you know, we have the a and s added to a lot of hours so we have like americans ukrainians parisians russians like you have all of these like with a and s at the end of it like is the why i common or is it ex- i just language language is cool i also made a note about the god king being the Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> the question came up as i was reading it how long were they in sotat because they had spent two years in the high country between evie's book and this one they have spent two years in the high country so did they like almost immediately leave sotat after evie's book did they I believe... hang around I believe that was their plan, right?
1: They were on I... their way out at the end of Street Magic.
3: Okay, because I couldn't remember, so that's why I was bringing it up. Because I was like, "How, how fucking long were they in Sodat for?" Am I misremembering shit? Rose Thorn, being a disabled disabled boss bitch, like let's talk about that for a second. A lot of fantasy books don't show disabled characters being disabled. There is always some kind of mobility aid or you don't see disabled characters at all. So I I like we're seeing the after effects carrying on into this book from them saving her and bringing her back from the dead Um, with her trouble breathing and other stuff along those lines. I just I just I love disabled characters in fantasy especially just letting them be disabled like just just give me more of that please the recap doesn't feel tedious this is a very common thing i feel that i mention every time we start a new book in this series (laughs) i think i know what i meant but it says what the fuck mountain edition tm i wish i could do that but with my life piling everything back into the hole and pretending everything's okay i wish i could do Ah. that
2: (laughs) that would be that would be much simpler than than healing
3: right (laughs) the academic magic being the element as a tool and the ambient magic as the element being a partner that's a very nice and simplified way to look at it. Uh, the idea of Vedras meeting Evie, I, I just, I, I, I don't know why this amuses me so much, but it does. It says jing Emperor sketch. Even if I knew nothing about this book, I guess I forgot Rosethorn has red hair. It hasn't what been it? brought up in a while. It just says, hmm, sketch here come look at my winter gardens ha 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 i have trapped you mine is an evil laugh this is how i feel about the emperor snarky rose thorn snarky oh that was really sweet in a briar kind of way about evie and rose thorn. just like the, the the commentary he has mentally on those two just think it's sweet he's such a good boy sometimes <laughs>
0: For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: Part two of our three-step reading process is Reading Like a Dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find?
4: Um, The theme I found was excitement. There's a lot of excitement happening. We meet the God King. I think that's pretty exciting. Skeletons are coming out of a mountain. That's pretty exciting. Evie is really excited about the skeletons. She's excited about rocks. <laughs> She's always excited about rocks. She's, She's always excited, excited about rocks. rocks. <laughs> Briar and Rose Thorn are excited about possibly going to see the gardens, and there's excitement from us because we're starting a new book. Ah!
2: Yay! Yay!
1: <laughs> and we get to see Briar again. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited. Mine, I think, is related to that. I wrote new experiences. Obviously, like Evie and Briar are seeing this, the skeletons come out. I forget what they call it, but they're, they, you know, they're seeing this for the first time, and that's very cool. But then also, Doki is working with Evie, and that's probably a new experience for him. And like the type of magic that she does is a new experience. And then, of course, at the end, we're interacting with the servant from Yanjing, and Yanjing is also going to be a new experience for better or for
2: worse. Mine was traditions. It's kind of hard. I couldn't really think of anything else, but we see, you know, uh, the shamans dancing and playing quote unquote music. I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing the music, seeing like all the traditions and how they like talk to each other when they get back to the court and when the messenger gets there and their ways of dress and just how they like respond to each other was yeah, just, just traditions
3: um, mine was comments, questions, and concerns and I think that kind of like ties in with like the new experiences and the traditions because like Briar is like what the fuck are these stone skeletons like I am concerned about this I also have questions it's really cool but what the fuck y'all
1: also For- there's an 11 year old god king who's getting possessed
3: yeah also concerns that's a big concern rose Thorn's commentary <laughs> just rose thorn rose Thorn's commentary makes my day better
1: part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage this is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives what magic were you able to craft out of this chapter?
2: All that glitters is not gold. I got confused with the Smash Mouth version of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all that glitters is not gold. As we can see in, in the book, uh, Rose Sorn has just received this opportunity, you know, essentially once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see these gardens of the Emperor by him. And she's kind of like super hyped about it because what Plant Mage wouldn't be but Briar immediately afterwards is like, we need to be on our toes. Like he, he can already sense something is maybe not wrong, but um He's sketch. Yeah. It's you see, He's skeptical because it's it's just a weird why. Why now? Why here? It's a sus uh, y'all. It's a little sus. Among us. Uh, but what <laughs> <laughs> what i what i wrote down is that if you're presented with an opportunity that seems too good to be true do your due diligence kind of what i have to do it like with with my job as a real estate agent sometimes a house might be really cheap and you're wondering why and it's like well ask questions is there something wrong with it has has someone been murdered in this house is it haunted by a ghost you don't know is it like eaten out by termites You, you need to Check and do your due diligence to make sure that what you're buying, if something's that good of a deal, there might be something wrong with it. Do your due diligence and make sure you don't get fucked just because the prospect of a perfect opportunity clouds your judgment.
1: Or, the, I guess, the thing that really jumped out at me was there's a moment where Briar's about to like stand up and go like protect Evie, and the God King like grabs him and he's like, Hey, she's she's gonna be okay, just just give it a minute and this reminded me of a story i heard about there's a guy who's blind and he echolocates and he teaches other people how to echolocate and so he'd been hired by this like couple whose son was blind and he was trying to teach the kid they live like near a highway and so he was trying to teach them to recognize the highway so he wouldn't into the like walk into the highway Long story short, the mom got scared that he might step in front of a car and kind of jumped in and, like, pulled him back before the teacher really had a chance to, to like, help him gauge that. I don't know. It was just this thought of, like, sometimes we have to, like, take a step back and actually let children navigate the scenarios even when they feel very perilous.
3: Cool, like, the the... Commentary that Doki has on uh, tools versus partners. I think sometimes we need the reminder people are people and they should be treated as people, not as tools or weapons or, you know, things of that nature. Because we begin to dehumanize people if we use them as tools or try and take advantage of them or this that or the other like and to dehumanize someone makes makes it easier to continue to do that so yeah like people are people you should treat them as such
4: mine is when Rosethorn and Briar gets the offer to go to the gardens and Rose Rosethorn is like will you be offended if we leave soon because you've been so good to us and I really don't want to offend you Making sure it's okay to go and do something that you really want to do whenever you're busy doing something else. Like, oh, hey, I have this obligation already. I'm just going to peace out and do whatever the fuck I want because I have a better offer now. Don't always do that unless you are for sure that it's okay with that person. It can be very selfish if you just do that. So just make sure that it's okay with that person before you just peace out. Um, I feel like I do that quite a bit. Like, oh, a better offer came along. So I'm just going to go do this other thing. Bye. And then don't even say anything to the person and then feel really bad afterwards. Like, oh, hey, I should have probably said something instead of or asked if it was okay first before I just did the thing. I'm sure that person got their feelings really hurt. So uh, just remembering I should probably do that kind of thing. Um, Instead of just, bye, I have something better that came along. So see you later.
1: We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter two of Battle Magic. I let them put the white stuff and the rouge on my face because you told me to, Evie said. If anyone within earshot speaks Murray, it serves them right for eavesdropping, she thought fiercely. I look like a tumbler in a shell. I will not let them give me the drop of blood. The maids at their guest pavilion had told them that was the name for the current style in lip paint. Both she and Rosethorn turned when they heard the scrape of a chain on the floor. But all the ladies who must make their kowtow to his imperial majesty wear the drop of blood and the lily face, the stranger said. He had stopped next to the newly arrived Briar, as if for contrast. Briar was a slender youth, handsome and smiling in his own set of green, peach, and ivory-colored robes. He did not wear the stiffened black cap of an ansur or a noble, leaving his short, glossy black hair uncovered. The newcomer also had very short black hair. He wore only a white garment-like, very loose, draped breeches that ended at his knees. He was a darker bronze than briar, heavy with muscle, and scarred as a warrior was scarred. His wrists and ankles were secured by gold shackles and connected by lengths of heavy gold chain. His wrist shackles were changed to a throat collar, also gold. He saw the direction that Evie's eyes had taken and raised his wrists a little, tightening the chains that led from throat to arms to feet. No, I'm the only one required to wear these, he said, a wry twist on his mouth. It makes it difficult for me to run away. He bowed deeply and saluted first Rosethorn, then Evie, then Briar, by touching his fingers to his brawny chest, then to his lips, and last to his forehead. I am Parahan, the latest imperial amusement. Just now I am ordered to bring you into the presence. I am... Rosethorn began. Rosethorn, Parahan interrupted. Though I have trouble believing that so beautiful a rose has any thorns at all. You have no idea. Briar murmured as he fell into step (laughs) with Evie behind Parahan and Rosethorn as they walked (laughs) out into the open. The big captive led them to a small cluster of three chairs at the foot of a stone dais. Evie saw now that they stood at the top of a short pyramid. Its point had been lopped off to make a platform. Briar dug a sharp elbow into Evie's side and nodded in the direction of the throne. The emperor was looking at them. Hurriedly, Evie joined Briar and Rosethorn in a deep bow. Carahan managed to kneel without his chains getting in the way. Like the emperor's messengers in Garmashing, he touched his hands and forehead to the stones. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy,
2: and Goodwin.
1: If you like the show,
4: tell
3: your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies.
2: You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
1: Find all our episodes at our new home on Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shaking us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at
3: Circle at gmail.com.
2: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And... You can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
4: To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon Ann Draws on Instagram.
3: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
2: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening.
4: Let's all have coffee next week.
3: And I'm finally done, I promise. There was a lot. <laughs> it, was a a good lot. it was a
2: good it was a chapter. I want
3: to
2: some, what, what are the better opening chapters, frankly?
3: Yeah, I, I genuinely think it's been one of my favorite opening, but I don't know how much of it is because it was really good or if I have just missed Briar
0: this much.